Rodney Jane here with May deals so good you'll be glad you came to Bob Jane Tamar's. Buy three selected Bridgestone, Yokohama, Dunlop or Goodyear tyres and get one free tyre. Plus up to $150 instant cash back on brands like Bridgestone, Michelin, Pirelli, Continental and more. That's not all, get a massive 20% off on selected Kumo tyres. We won't be beaten with our best tyre price guarantee. Give us a call or shop online today. We'll look after you. Hey, it's the Parked Up Podcast. We are powered by Race Fuels here, of course, and my name is Grant Rowley. I've got a cool episode of Parked Up coming up at you right about now. We've got uh, three cool guests. Craig Lowndes and Richie Stanaway spoke to Mark Fogarty, of course, of Parked Up Plus fame. And uh, you might have heard little bits of those chats in the most recent episode of Parked Up Plus. That's on Monday, of course. It's at 5 p.m. You guys all know that. But uh, we've got the full chats. And, of course, uh, anytime Craig Lowndes has got a microphone near his face, we all want to listen. Uh, and he had some really uh, cool, interesting and insightful things to say, mainly about where his uh, future is for competing in the Bathurst 1000. So um, again, you might've heard a little bit of that in Parked Up Plus, but uh, listen to the whole chat, um, uh, more detail and more of Craig Lowndes, which is always a good thing. Uh, and also with uh, Richie Stanaway, hey, he, this guy might be the next Craig Lowndes or even the next Shane Van Gisbergen. Of course, um, he is competing with Triple Eight this year in the GTs. He's racing with SVG in the endurance races, and Richie's um, got uh, a lot ahead of him. And again, folks has had a um, a great chat with him to see where Richie Stanaway is at. Both of those chats with Craig and Richie are coming up towards the end. To kick this pot off, though, I spoke to a person I like to call a friend and someone who is very damn good at playing computer games. And he was so damn good at playing computer games. Nissan and Sony a few years back, thought that they'd let him loose in a uh, in a real race car. Uh, his name is Matt Simmons, and he won the Nissan GT Academy program for the region that competed that Australia competed in a few years ago, and uh, he became a real gamer to racer. Now, the reason why Matt is in the news with uh, with this is is because uh, Gran Turismo is going to be turned into a movie. And uh, it's quite cool that this gaming to racing program that Nissan and Sony ran, and it was called the GT Academy, is going to be turned into a movie. The movie, if you hadn't seen the news in recent times, is going to be based on a, a young chap called Jan Martinborough. Now, he's been racing in the GT scene for quite a number of years, but... Um, basically got his uh, chance at it with uh, this GT Academy program. GT Academy, effectively, sit on the couch, play the computer game, and, yeah, make your way through to become a, uh, a real-life race car driver. That's what Nissan and Sony were were able to do for quite a number of years. And, yeah, they were able to produce real-life race car drivers. And uh, Australia was lucky enough to have its own as well. His name is Matt Simmons. Now he, um, and, and I'll go into the chat with, with him and he'll explain little bits of this, but he competed in the uh, very first Australian trials. He didn't make it through that year, but he came back the next year and he won it. And not only did he win that, but he also then went on to win the entire thing, which meant that he was able to uh, compete in what ended up being two full seasons of GT World Challenge Europe, which uh, it wasn't called that back then, but that's what it's called now. Um, so an extremely rare, unbelievable thing that this Australian, who we hadn't really heard of uh, beforehand, he got to go over and do it. He's uh, he, he's uh, Since the racing dream has kind of uh, come to an end, not a complete end, but uh, he still works in the motoring industry. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, 
I grabbed him for a uh, a chat, and uh, he's he's just one of the one of the nice guys, really down to earth, uh, super humble. Um, and uh, I hope you enjoy this. It's Matt Simmons on Parked Up. And it's great to have Matt Simmons on the Parked Up podcast. Matt, how are you, mate? Good, thank you. Nice, nice to be here. Thank you. No worries. So, hey, mate, we've uh, been working together for uh, a good number of years now. It's almost 10 years. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, but, we go way back. Way that's back, right. right. Right when it all started. That's right. Uh, way back to, I think it was uh, Warner Brothers Movie World on the Gold Coast. Is that where we yeah. would have... That, that that's where you got a uh, your first big was that where you got your first big success? Yeah, it was. So that was kind of where the the GD Academy career started flourishing for me. So um, the pursuit of being able to um, yeah win GD Academy, um, the first step of, of of the nationals that was being held at Warner Brothers Movie World, which was a pretty cool weekend. Mm. Um, was yeah where we first met and um, and yeah and obviously the rest. Once we won and everything happened, the rest was um, was history. And we've we've had a pretty exciting last ten years, I think. Ten yeah. years already, crazy. Man, not not too bad, not too bad. Yeah. So uh, I think we may we may have met the year before when mm-hmm. you when you didn't win. So I guess yep. uh, to to set the scene, I was working at uh, Nissan Motorsport as part of the the Kelly Racing Supercars team, which was branded as Nissan Motorsport at the time. And you were a gamer. You were uh, pretty handy on the Gran Turismo game on PlayStation. Now, yeah, that kind yeah. of excite that excites me, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, because like I love my I love my gaming. I don't do it enough, and I and I certainly don't do it very well. But I like doing it as a as a social thing. So. Uh, gaming is fun and you were obviously able to do it very, very well. How did your gaming career start? Yeah, it was the, the passion of wanting to race for real, not being able to do it um, due to the, the many factors that need to be uh, in your favor to make that all happen. Uh, so for me, the next step was being able to get into sim racing. Um, and around that time when GD Academy was kind of, well, I guess, building across the globe um, and getting sort of traction and awareness, um, sim racing was really starting to build within um, in Australia as well. So um, I was able to get online. I think it was 2014 when I first sort of got online and started um, doing some sim racing. Um, didn't really know how I was going to go, but I just wanted to enjoy it, as you say, as a social aspect. And then it quickly turned competitive for me. And, and then I kind of found that drive of GD Academy and, you know, there's there's a potential door for me to be able to um, transition across and and see if I can then become a you know a real racing driver um, through sim racing. Um, cool. But yeah, it was very very cool. It was um, it was it was a fun introduction. Uh, I learned a lot um, <laughs> with racing people online, especially within Australia. And and fast forward to now, the the sim racing community is massive. So it really started back in 2014, really for for everyone. Yeah. Yes, cool. And uh, yeah, you certainly were. I think at the time they were using the tagline gamer to racer and you certainly Mm -hmm. definitely did that because you were able to uh, win our local GT uh, Academy uh, competition, which then Mm -hmm. put you into the regional finals and you went up against a bunch of other nations and you were ultimately selected to go and race uh, some pretty cool GD3 cars all across the world. Um, and we, we'll talk about that uh, soon. But I guess, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is that they've uh, the, the GT Academy stuff has been in the news in, in the past week because they've decided to turn this into a movie. Uh, and they've kind of loosely based this Gran Turismo movie on the GT Academy experience that you went through and you went through from, from the ground level right through to the top. And they've, they've based this movie on Jan Martinborough, who was uh, one of their um, halo drivers. I, I guess he won the GT Academy basically exactly the same as what you did and got to sort of forge a, a, a pretty cool career out of uh, racing GT cars. Why haven't they made this movie with you as the hero? I know I'm disappointed. 
I didn't get the call or anything. Um, but no, that's okay. Um, I think there, there would have been a, a lot of us that would have been keen. Um, but look, as you say, Jan was extremely successful within the GD Academy program. And thanks to him and, you know, Lucas Ordonez as well, those two really pioneered GD Academy to go uh, for as long as it did and potentially wouldn't have ever gave myself the opportunity to be able to do it and plenty of other winners as well. So um, I think it's cool that that, yeah, that they have done the story on Jan, uh, Jan and for us as well. I'm sure when I see the movie, it's it's going to sort of very loosely kind of put me down memory lane. It's going to be interesting to see what how they've done it. Um, and yeah, it's it's cool. I think it's it's nice to be able to be able to showcase this to for some people the newer generation that have been a part of sim racing that didn't know about GD Academy, um, weren't there when it was when it was about, but they love Gran Turismo. So I think it's it's a really cool way of merging every um, those sort of two generations together um, for for the love of Gran Turismo um, and still maybe creating that that opportunity down the line for um, for people to understand that you know sim racing can be a transition a genuine transition to to real racing but in mm. a very Hollywood way so I'm ex- yeah I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what, uh, what sort of stunts and and stuff that they do. Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting, but yeah, cool. uh, but yeah, it'd be cool to see. They they have to put the Hollywood spin on this movie, and, and if yeah. uh, if anyone out there hasn't seen it, you can uh, not have to search too much in your Googles, other than uh, Gran Turismo movie, and you'll see the the uh, the trailer that that's out there now regarding this movie. And when I first saw it, I thought, "Geez, how how?" And it was just called Gran Turismo, and I thought, "How have mm-hmm. they made a game based on a computer game that?" doesn't really have much of a story other than buy cool cars uh, in the game and race them around the tracks as fast as you can. But they have used the GT Academy program, which you were super successful in because uh, you 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 won the Australian uh, version in, in the second year. So mm-hmm. in the first year that it came and we held it at Nissan Motorsport, I think that was 2014. It and did, you finished seventh on that day in the very in the very first one that we that we did, and the top six went over to the regional finals, and you were the first reserve. So you you missed out in that first first year, but you certainly made it up for it in the second one, which was when we went to Movie World and we held all the the sim racing and the the uh, the fitness tests and uh, some driving bits and some. Uh, media training. I was actually doing the media training uh, at the, at that event. That's right. Yeah. So so you won that event at Movie World, and you went over to the regional final up against a whole bunch of other nations, six Aussies, and a, a bunch of other people from some other countries. And ultimately, out of that, one person would be selected to be the GT to to win GT Academy uh, for our region. And I think we were just saying offline there before that the winner of that would be guaranteed a drive in the Dubai 24 hour, and that would be it. But you got to do so much more. Yeah. Um, I was obviously very stoked with the opportunity to do Dubai 24 hour because, um, you know, it's the really big race. Um, the first one for the season for, for the, the GT calendar, really. So it's, uh, and you know, you know, all GD Academy graduates get to have a, have a crack at it. So, um, I was excited to do that. Uh, but fortunately, some people might say, unfortunately, cause I didn't get to experience it, but fortunately, um, through the development program, um, I was able to do all the right things, I guess, <laughs> um, and be able to really show my potential to a point where, uh, they saw the investment of, of, yeah, giving me the opportunity to be able to do a full season in Europe. Um, in what we call now the the GT World Challenge of Europe, but back then it was known as the Blancpain Endurance Series, um, and that's where you know Nissan were running um, their customer program team uh, with RGN Motorsport. Um, and if you've seen uh, any sort of videos for Bathurst Twelve Hours, as they come out there, um, there and, and and were assisting with the uh, Nismo GDRs there, um, and got that famous victory in 2015 um, with Chio. Yeah, with Bob and, and Liz Neville, they were absolutely pioneering um, 
the ability for for GD Academy graduates to be able to actually race um, in what was regarded as one of the, the hardest um, and highest uh, GT categories in the world. So, um, so yes, I was very, very fortunate to be able to do that. But it certainly chucked me in the deep end. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think I was the only, uh, myself and Roman Sarazen, who was the same year, he had won uh, the European um, GD Academy for 2015. Uh, we were the two that didn't do Dubai 24 hour before starting our sort of racing career um, of all the GD Academy graduates in the program. So I think that sort of experience, I think in hindsight, hindsight would have certainly not put me in the deep end for, for Monza, which was the first round, but I'm certainly not complaining. Um, getting the opportunity to, to go to these famous racetracks as a driver um, and literally ticking the, the dream come true box for me um, was, was awesome. So um yeah, so that's that's really what kickstarted um, extending my prize for what I thought was going to be Dubai twenty four hour. Ended up, uh, as you say, so much more and the opportunity to race in Europe. Uh, it's kind of unbelievable to think that you you would have done thousands and thousands of laps around Spa, <laughs> yeah. for example, yeah. as a gamer. Yeah. But like within a few months you're <laughs> from, from winning the competition, you're actually competing in a real motor race in a GT3 Nissan Nismo uh, GTR GT3. Uh, yeah. That yeah, mind blowing isn't even a, it uh, doesn't even come close to what might've been the case here. Yeah. Look, it was, you're kind of just hanging on to that and trying to enjoy it as you could. Um, at the same time, the pressure was there because you really wanted to perform. Um, Cause a, a lot of people may not realize is, in, in an endurance series calendar, you're, you're not racing every weekend. Uh, there's five races in the year and they're very demanding. Um, you know, they're, they're long races like Spa 24 hours. So um, there's, you need to be on it because um, it's so competitive as well. Um, so yes, it, it was mind blowing. Um, and it certainly took a few races to try and understand, understand where you were uh, and be able to really ex experience everything. Cause it was just so much to take in. Um, but yeah, certainly when I look back now, um, it almost feels like a bit of a blur. Um, and a blink and it was, and it was, but it was a, such an amazing journey. And there's lots of memories um, and lots of cool things that happened uh, with some amazing people that got to join the journey. So um, yeah, really, really uh, appreciative of what, what I got to do, what I got yeah. to achieve and do. Yeah, cool. No, it was, uh, yeah, it was, I, I didn't get to go over and uh, see any of the races myself, but um, it was certainly cool keeping up to date with it as, uh, as, as, as it was all happening. So you did, um, you did two seasons of what we now know as GT World Challenge Europe effectively. Mm -hmm. um, that it came to an end. There was a couple of races that you did over in New Zealand as part of the Australian GT uh, mm -hmm. championship as well. Um, the one race that I did get to go over and watch you at, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. ended after um, first practice where uh, uh, you collided with the wall at the exit of that uh, big, long sweeper around the uh, around the back of the track early in the lap, and uh, our uh, our race weekend was was over over and done with. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Idea. If uh, out of all of that, out of that two year period racing the the GTR Nismo GT3 mm -hmm. what the highlight what was the uh what was the 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 one moment or result that you go well that was just really cool to be part of it's really odd but there was a time at Paul Ricard so this is the third race of the season in 2017 um and we're uh, I came in on second hour so we're doing one hour stints um uh, came in in the second hour and from memory, we were P27, P28 in the field. And we're in the pro class at this point. So, you know, we're trying to get into the top 10 to get points that we narrowly missed out in in, in Monza uh, and Silverstone. Um, and in that hour, I ended up moving up from P27 to P12. But it was the most fun I'd had in a race car because everything just clicked. So... We didn't end up, and we ended up finishing P11. So we still didn't get points, unfortunately, after the six yeah. hours. But it was, it was almost a moment of everything had clicked, and I felt like I belonged. If that, it's just weird. It's just, it's one of those things that just, I felt like everything was working. 
I was at a hundred percent. I understood everything and I was at sort of the peak of what I could do. Um, and yeah, that hour for me, I remember hopping out and I was just completely hyped, <laughs> like absolutely hyped. And then realized I had to settle down, recover because I had to get back in the car very, mm-hmm. very soon to do another hour. But, um, but for sure, that was certainly my highlight within, uh, my two years of, of racing in Europe. Um, but very closely, just quickly highlighting the opportunity of being able to finish both Spa 24 hours. Um, I know Van Gisbergen, Jamie Van Gisbergen had the chance to go over there and race in, at Spa, of course, um, and didn't get the chance to finish um, all of them. So there's a lot of factors. And we had both years very, very um, tough circumstances to be able to even finish. So to be able to get to the flag of a 24-hour and say that you've competed and finished, 24-hour racing, uh, two 24-hour races um, was also another big highlight uh, that I won't forget. Um, I don't really remember much at the end of the day anyway because we're all absolutely <laughs> at the uh, end of uh, our energy and, and delirious. It's it's quite an interesting uh, dinner that night with, with the raisin drivers, let's put it that way. <laughs> we're all not making sense, um, but it's all because we've put everything into it to finish a 24-hour race. So that's very much a close second highlight for me. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Uh, okay, so so you did your couple of years overseas, uh, competed in a couple of races in New Zealand of all places. Yeah. Um, but the, the the racing effectively stopped for you after that. I know um, uh, you came and joined my old mates at uh, in TCR Australia for uh, for one mm-hmm. event at the bend at the end of uh, 2019, trying to drive those um challenging subaru wrx's uh in the yeah. in the final round uh there but um yeah you haven't done you haven't done much racing since like is the mm-hmm. is, is the racing dream over is it now do you still do sim stuff what's uh what's the last few years been like yeah for sure so um 2019 with tcr was a great opportunity first to just be able to do a race on home soil so it was really odd to think that i'd been doing all this racing but never actually got to race in australia so that was cool even though as as challenging as it was it was great to be able to tick that box um and then obviously COVID happened and that kind of uh stopped any sort of momentum with us being able to to continue a potential program uh in tcr um so yeah for me, it kind of transitioned. I always kind of did sim racing anyway. Um, it's still a really big part of what I enjoy. Um, and fortunately, with sim racing, it, it got extremely competitive in, in the sort of esports um, scene for sim racing. Um, and I started pursuing that as well to keep myself sharp. Um, and since 2018, I've been able to, to still get the chance to fly around the world and be able to to race um, in the sort of professional uh, esports championship for G for Grand Frismo, um, and been and had some success there. So um, really cool about it. I think now look back and think that I've been able to to achieve both both real racing and sim racing, and and had some success. Um, and I think yeah, right now um, I don't feel like the dream's over to be able to race. I've got one big um, bucket list item that is to be able to race at Bathurst. Um, unfortunately the stars in the line when I was racing to be able to do it. Uh, so that is certainly something I want to tick off the list. Um, whether it's, you know, Bathurst six hour, whatever it may be, it's, it's the opportunity to actually race at Bathurst. It's, it's what we grow up as, as kids. When you, when you love motor racing, um, you grow up in every, every Sunday of, um, or October, you get the chance to, to watch, um, you know, Bathurst 1000. So that, that gave me the, the love for, for motorsport. Um, and I'd love to be able to experience that myself one day at Bathurst. So, um, yeah, the dream's definitely still alive. I certainly want to be able to tick that box before you you hang up the the racing helmet. Yeah, cool. Oh, mate, well, we've made, there's been a lot of things that have happened for you. So uh, that seems like the easiest one, Cam's license and uh, <laughs> find yourself yes. a car, save up your pennies and you you can do it. There are some cool Events, as you say, the Bathurst Six Hour is a great grassroots style event that you can do, and all the support categories that um, that that compete there. You know, whether it's Toyota eighty six or Aussie Racing uh-huh. Cars or Formula Ford, even who act as support categories to various events that are now 
uh, held around there. I'm mm-hmm. sure though, there nothing would beat the thought of driving a GT3 car around that joint. Oh, 100 percent. That that was that was my end goal uh, for me was to be able to race uh, in the Bathurst 12 hour, um, or you know, even if it is GT World um, Challenge Australia, it's to race a GT3 car. Um, they're such amazing machines in terms of grip, um, downforce, and everything. They're just exciting. Um, and yeah, I really want to experience that. Um, I'm not shy to say I have done most likely a thousand laps, uh, minimum, uh, in, on, on the, uh, Gran Turismo around Bathurst, uh, in a GT car. So, um, I'd like to think it would transition pretty well <laughs> if I opt in one, but it's been a while. So I, I think it's, it would also open my eyes pretty quickly. Um, yep. and you got to give the place respect, you know, some of the best have crashed, crashed there and, and had their moments. So, You've got. I'd have to obviously warm up to it, but that hundred percent would. Um, I don't think you'd be able to wipe the smile off my face if I did hop in a GT three car and got the chance to to drive a uh, race or uh, do laps around Bathurst. Surely you've done more than a thousand laps around <laughs> Bathurst on uh, Gran Turismo. Surely. Yeah, I, I don't think I count that high. Um, I lost count. So um, <laughs> it's certainly a favourite within the sim racing community in Australia. So if you. Um, ever see any sort of YouTube sim racing um, uh, championships and rounds? There's there's always typically one at Bathurst, and you're generally going to see me there or um, someone in the Australian community doing it. So um, I try and take part where I can because it's just so much fun. Uh, yeah, not afraid to say that I I definitely know that track well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. No, it is uh, it is a great race, and it's a great race because it's at uh, the greatest place that that we have, and we're we're very fortunate to have uh, Mount Panorama effectively in our backyard. Even though yep. uh, you and I living down here in Melbourne have to drive eight and a bit <laughs> hours to uh, get to it, it's a big backyard that we've got here in Australia. It is um, okay, cool. So, and I guess the the reason why you and I have um, have stayed in touch is is because uh, after the the, the racing stuff ended in oh. Europe. You came back to Australia and you kind of needed a job while you were trying to fish your way through what the next part of your career was going to be, whether it was on the real racetrack or on the virtual racetrack or whatever, you still, you, you needed a real job. And our great friend uh, who was formerly at Nissan and is now at, uh, at Repco, the great mm-hmm. Mitch Wiley helped with getting you a, a position at the Nissan Motor Company here in Australia in their training department. And yes. um and you and I have worked a bit together with uh with some of the training stuff that you do and the content that I can chip in to to help. So um yeah give our listeners a, a little bit of an insight into what it's like to work in a, in the training department of a a major car brand here in Australia. Yeah, look, it's pretty dynamic. Um, I definitely couldn't have. That's again another opportunity that was was a door that opened as a result of GD Academy was to um, build those relationships, as you say, with, with Mitchell Wiley um, and and some of the directors of Nissan Australia to be able to continue my my relationship with them um, and then beyond racing and be able to actually um, become an employee for, as you say, a really big car car brand within Australia and globally. So. Um, to position myself as a trainer uh, basically means I'm a national product trainer where we're taking care of 220 odd dealerships across Australia and New Zealand. Um, so it keeps you very busy um, and we're basically focusing on making sure that uh, product knowledge is, is being um, at its highest with our, with our sales staff to ensure that that gets passed on to our customers. So they get to, you know, have, the best experience in, in the Nissan vehicles. That's, that's really the objective. Um, but one cool part of part of my, certainly the big perk of, of being a product trainer for such a big uh, company is I get to travel. Um, so I haven't lost that part of it. I get to explore um, weird and wonderful places in Australia where our dealerships are, but also currently where I am now. Um, I'm currently in Queenstown in New Zealand, yeah. uh, about to do a um, dealer visit program. Uh, on the South Island, and I believe it's about to snow tonight. So not sure how how I'm going to go tomorrow. Uh, but um, but yeah, it's certainly a very dynamic role, and it's it's certainly kept me very excited um, and still very passionate about cars. So it's great to be able to continue that with Nissan um, since 
I was I loved Nissan when I was a kid. So it's kind of amazing that it's kind of kind of the stars of a line to continue that for me. So to still be representing that brand in some capacity is really cool. Yeah, cool. No, awesome. And uh yeah, it's been fun. Uh we, we get to make a bunch of uh training videos, which the world yep. don't see. It's they're meant for the dealers to the videos that we make are, are, are handed to the dealers through their portals where they can watch them and, and learn how to uh, help uh, inform new car owners or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or, or potential car owners about uh, the the features that each of the cars have got, uh, you know, all the way from uh, Duke up to um, your uh, cash guys and extra mm-hmm. and pathfinders and damn it. Uh, <laughs> patrols. I know. I know more about these cars than what I uh, than what I really should than what I've, I I've should know. You, I've taught you something over the last last few years. I think it's, it's yes. rubbing off. Let's go with that. <laughs> you certainly have. Well, I have been a good customer as well because um, the two cars, <laughs> the two brand new cars that I've bought in my life are uh, a Cashkai and a, a Pathfinder. So they so some of the stuff did rub off. Okay, fantastic. That's what we want, and I'm quite <laughs> happy that the videos are internal. They don't need to be external because I don't think my face needs to be in every dealership <laughs> so, uh, for customers to see. So I'm quite pleasantly happy that Mate, it is internal to some degree. <laughs> these videos that we make are an absolute work of art and I won't hear anything anything else. <laughs> you yeah. do make me, your editing skills are top notch. So I appreciate, Thanks, appreciate what you do. Thank you. Uh, cool, mate. Well, look, um, we thank you so much for joining joining me on the parked up podcast uh you know we get to talk a lot but uh it was kind of cool to reminisce about some of the uh some of that overseas racing stuff that you did and and the incredible opportunities that you you were given and i guess i'm kind of uh, excited that the because i know you you've spoken to me privately about how the the racing dream might be over or you know that the you don't want to do any more sim stuff as well but it's a this motorsport game, it's a it's a very difficult bug to to let go of. Whether you're whether you're driving or whether you're you're part of it, it's a uh, it's it's a sport of passion and and commitment and and love. And um, I'm kind of pleased to hear that you haven't lost any of that, and there's you're still harboring uh, some ambitions to race on track, but uh, at the very least, uh, c- compete online. Yeah, hundred um, percent. As you say, it is a bug. Uh, it's it was a really big. Um, all those experiences that I had just made that that passion even even more, and the motivation to to want to continue to race. So, um, I'm confident I will tick that box at some point. Um, as you say, there's so many um, amazing teams in Australia and um, and opportunities to be able to race, and and hopefully with my experience. Um, with what I've been able to achieve, uh, that can create uh, an opportunity to be able to to be able to to um, drive at Bathurst um, and potentially maybe something more. Who knows? But um, but yeah, that racing itch is there. Um, I guess maybe slightly scratching it on sim racing, and it keeps me sharp because it, I've I've made some amazing sort of friends through the sim racing community um, that share the same passion of sim racing and real racing. And yeah, they've, they're all pushing me to want to get back and do some racing as well. So that kind of helps too, which is cool. Um, having that support, but yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly difficult and tricky, but, uh, but I'm, I'm motivated. And I think GD Academy showed for myself that, that anything is possible. Um, you just got to work hard and, and, and create those opportunities. So I'll continue to do that. And, and hopefully, uh, we can, we can do some interviews at a racetrack when I'm, when I'm driving again, and that'd be really cool. Very good, cool, mate. Nice to uh, uh, to let's uh, let's see if we can make that happen for sure. Matt Simmons, thanks, thanks for joining us on Parked Up, mate. Uh, and no doubt, I'll see you soon. Awesome, thanks, Grant. There we go. That was Matt Simmons. He was on Parked Up, and uh, we thank him so much for his time. Uh, an absolute lovely guy, uh, and uh, love working with him. Doesn't matter what scene it's on, if it's at the racetrack or if it's in the training rooms at the uh, Nissan Motor Company's head offices down here in Melbourne. Um, an absolute legend. And yeah, if his racing career doesn't go any further than what it is, has, has done in the past uh, 
few years, then um, he's got big photos of himself competing in the Spa 24-hour, racing a GT3 car uh, at uh, Spa Francorchamps. So not many of us get to say that. So uh, uh, awesome job, uh, Matt, and looking forward to what's next for him. Uh, what is next right now in this pod is Craig Glance, seven times Bathurst 1000 winner, the uh, still the face and the the name that, everyone in the sport uh, knows and loves um you know he transcends the the sport really he um he's he's one of the uh people that talks to all the people uh not just our uh, motor racing fans and yeah at 48 years old i guess there's um not necessarily lots and lots more Bathurst 1000s and and big motorsport events in Craig Lounge but let's not rule him out yet Fogues asked heaps of those hard questions, and that's coming up right now. Craig Lowndes on Parked Up. Craig Lowndes, welcome back to Parked Up. Craig, it seems like you're going straight into this wildcard entry for the Sandown 500 and Bathurst 1000. Well, pretty much cold. Is that how, is that how it's going to be? Yeah, we sort of did the same last year, unfortunately, because uh, we did the Porsche Carrera Cup the year before that, so... Um, yeah, we, we will, but we'll do some test days. We got some days, and uh, you know we'll uh, you know help out. I think the good thing we had last year, though, which we don't have this year, is we had Super Two program, which then I could actually go to the go to the test days, drive the cars, do some things. Uh, but yeah, this year, unfortunately, we'll go into a bit of a cold turkey. Uh, we did look at trying to do some other things, but to be honest, even like the Porsche Carrera Cup, great car, uh, but left-hand drive, paddle shift completely different to obviously what a supercar is but it's it's um you know jamie's not too concerned he knows that once we get there we'll uh you know won't take us long the benefit of the, obviously this year though is we've got sandown 500 so we've got a bit of a lead in to get rid of the rust and then uh see what happens yeah. and you know where sandown and bath is particularly concerned i mean those places experience counts for a lot doesn't it oh absolutely i think especially more for bathurst uh, being a long race, long track, uh, you know, and especially last year, again, uh, the weather, that weather pattern. Uh, I actually said to Declan if he wanted to try and qualify, and he looked at me like he was horrified. But, uh, you know, it's Zane. Zane's done some miles. He knows the cars. He understands the, you know, the circus. So, uh, you know, we're in, well, I think we're in probably more of a... Um, fortunate place this year than we were last year last year you know Declan was was really a rookie um, so Zane's got a little bit more experience so that, that's going to be good for us but um, yeah it, it's going to be something that uh, I'm looking forward to they're still building the car once we get the car built we can actually do some uh, give it a shakedown and give it a run because I've done a lot of uh, driving in the demo car mm. the Camaro but not the race car so you must be looking forward to try out a a Gen 3 Camaro, I mean, not just because you're going to be racing it, but just for the sheer experience. Yeah, absolutely. Now, to see what their final uh, you know, concept is and the way the cars are. Obviously, you know, hearing and listening to the drivers, what they're talking about the cars, areas where they're lacking in the sense of the grip, obviously, over last year's car, different in, the, in, uh, in other ways, you know, with braking and everything else. So, again, it's just getting your head around what this particular new generation car is like to feel uh, some are saying they can't feel the, the, the tyre and the grip. So is, is that true or is that something that is just a team related? I'll, I'll have to wait and see. And this year's Bathurst 1000, is that maybe the last one for you or are you looking still further ahead? Uh, it really comes down to see how we go performance wise. I think that last year we had still good performance, good speed. Uh, this year will be a telling factor. Like the one thing I've never wanted to do is just drive around for the sake of driving. I, look, I, the ego side of me, yeah, I'd love to come back next year and the year after that and the year after that, but you've got to be uh, realistic. Uh, and, you know, I see this now as more what Brock did with me in the sense of helping me get it, you know, nurturing me into this category. We've done the same with Declan. Hopefully we can do the same with Zane. And, uh, you know, if, if there is another opportunity next year and, we're, and our speed's good this year, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be talking to Jamie. And I would imagine, Craig, that one way or another, you're going to still have options at the Bathurst 1000 pretty much as long as you want. Well, yeah, but I think, you know, you'd like to think so and hope so. But at the end of the day, teams have got to be re um, uh, responsible in, in, in some way. And, you know, they, they want best for their sponsors. And as I said, I don't want to run around just for the sake of running around. Uh, you know, I want, to, I want to actually, you know, 
be be competitive and finishing eighth last year was the best we could do. We had a few little issues with the car, but, but other than that, it was the best finish for a wild card. So we've already talked to Super Cheap, but we want to go better than that this year. And that's, that's something that Zane and I got to do. And uh, you've now got a few years of TV commentary under your belt. Well, you've got better over the, the period. So how much are you enjoying this side of it now? I'm enjoying this side of it. It's, it's, it's an interesting beast in the sense of, you know, obviously race car and growing up, you know, in junior categories and you keep evolving and, you know, getting better cars, TV's no different. So for me, I've, I've had to learn a whole different world. Um, you know, the, the comms between, you know, the production truck and, and this side of the world, uh, rhyming up and down pit lane, asking a question instead of making a statement. Um, there's a lot of things you've got to get your head around, and of course, for me, I spend most of my time avoiding questions from you, um, and then you got to, uh, and then now you got to ask the questions that you know the drivers don't want to answer. So it's a different world. Um, so yeah, uh, for me, it's been a lot of fun. But it sounds like you feel comfortable in that role now. I am. I, I'm really enjoying this side of it. I'm enjoying even you know starting to call some of the categories. That side of it is again just understanding the brakes and you know when seven come on board we got to have you know, gaps for, for ads. So again you got to accommodate for that. So there's things that you just you know people don't appreciate I suppose and I didn't appreciate when I first got involved what actually goes into producing this category in the circus and especially like even um, you know support categories and involving them and being part of the, the whole um, telecast has really been interesting. Well, it's good to hear that you keep you busy and enjoying it. But of course, we look forward to seeing you back behind the wheel at Sandan and Bathurst. Thanks, Craig. Thank you very much. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Mark Fogarty. We'll stick with Fogues, who then threw his microphone towards the uh, face of Richie Stanaway, the Kiwi, is uh, after a couple of trying seasons trying to become a uh, professional race car driver down in this part of the world. Uh, he hit some stumbling blocks, but uh, certainly found his feet in 2023, teaming up with Triple Eight. He'll uh, he's racing in the GT series in uh, in various rounds. He raced uh, at Perth the other week, but uh, the big one will be when he teams up with Shane Van Gisbergen and competes in the Sandown 500 and the Repco Bathurst 1000. What's Richie doing? What's he got to say? Folks asked all the questions. Richie Stanaway, welcome to Parked Up. Well, you're back racing again. How much are you enjoying it now? And more to the point, how much more are you enjoying your racing? Yeah, it's good to be back. Um, feeling pretty fresh after a long time off, which is quite unusual, uh, you know, especially coming back last year to race at Bathurst and, and not just co-driving, but being the primary driver was um, very very unusual scenario um so yeah i really enjoyed doing bathurst and um it's obviously led to an incredible opportunity to drive with shane and also racing with triple eight in, in the gt car so um yeah it's just a good amount of racing this year to keep me busy and yeah really looking forward to, to getting in, into the red bull and car later in the year is it fair to say you're back in love with racing? And indeed, did you fall out of love with racing after your last supercars experience? Uh, it's, well, I'm not racing full time, so it's yeah, a very different mindset to when you're racing uh, full time. And you know, the only category really to do that in this part of the world is, is in the supercars main game. So um, yeah, without a drive there, it's, it's you know, it's a different kind of mindset for me. Just doing some co-driving in a GT car and, and in supercars so uh, yeah it's a it's a very different frame of mind to you know 2019 and 2018. Hmm. Is there a an aspect of unfinished business you know it, it didn't work out at Tickford and then it certainly didn't work out at, at, at GRM so in any sense is this a way back in are you looking to go back to full car supercars driving? It's a good question and I don't really know the answer to it at this stage. Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough, tough to uh, yeah, answer the question. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's just pretty obvious. Everyone knows the situation where you can debate whether 
having a, a top line, a top shelf co-driver is, is better than uh, racing full time in a place where you're not able to fight at the front. Um, but you know, the new car looks to present opportunities for smaller teams to, to get results. It feels really close and it seems like you can be 20th in one session and make a tiny adjustment and do a better lap and, and pop up and be in the top five, which obviously with the older generation car, the field was was very much set in its order of, of car speed. So, you know, it's, yeah, so who knows really? It just depends on, on what opportunities come up. And um, at the moment, I'm not really looking at 2024, very much just looking at what I've got on my plate at the moment and just trying to do a good job in the GT car at the moment and then obviously do the best job I can for Shane later in the year. And how is the GT program helping you get ready for the Sandown 500 and Bathurst 1000? I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure it's good fun to drive and good fun to race them, but does it correlate or is it just match fitness, I guess? There's not so much correlation in terms of the car. It's a very, very different driving style. But laps in a race car is laps in a race car. And it, it yeah, obviously the style of driving and what you're looking for in car setup and, and lap time is, is completely different. But I think just being out there and, and doing laps is, is extremely valuable for me. Um, and I guess arguably I'll be a lot sharper going into the Enduros this year as to what I was last year, just turning up at Bathurst, having basically just been on the couch for a couple of years and doing a bit of sim racing. Um, plus, obviously I'm in the co-driver role, compared, whereas last year I had to do primary. So yeah, I think the GT driving is, is very, very helpful for me. Um, I mean, you like to think that you don't get rusty and you can just turn up and be fast. But yeah, even just the feeling I've had uh, not that we do a lot of running on these weekends, but even just the feeling of gotten with this car on, on you know, standing here on a Sunday afternoon compared to, uh, you know, Friday morning before I jumped in the car. It's it's a lot of valuable experience. And how much testing are you going to get in the in the Gen Three car in preparation for the Enduros? I'm not 100% sure, but I'll probably get another day or two and maybe some ride days. So. Um, Yeah, so, um, yeah, we'll just get as much mileage as I can. But, you know, it's a new car for everyone. So even the primary drivers are still figuring it out. And, um, yeah, the co-driver field that I'm going up against is all in the same boat. So, yeah, whatever mileage I can get, I think, will be um, a suitable amount. Yeah. And what do you think so far? I, don't, I should know, but I don't know off the top of my head how much mileage you've done in a new car or any. Uh, yeah, I mean, f for me, it's, uh, I like the, the different style. It's, uh, the only thing that's a bit of a question mark for me is, uh, there's a delay with the throttle, which means if you try and lift or brake, you can't blip in time to make a downshift. So I may be in a situation where I'm right for braking for the first mm -hmm. time. Well, I was going to ask you about that. It's interesting you mentioned that without me prompting, because I've been hearing that these cars are not good for left foot breakers. Yeah, so they might make an update to the car before the Enduros, but if not, yeah, it'll be right foot braking. But it's something I always wanted to actually switch to in a supercar regardless. Mm -hmm. um, sort of halfway through both my full-time years, I was on the fence about swapping or not. It's, um, I never ended up doing it. So, um, yeah, just, just the way the, if the cars are set up for guys that are doing it, you know, you get in and try and left foot brake with no overlap and stuff, it can be a bit of a disadvantage. And especially when it comes to managing uh, rear tire life and rear locking, mm -hmm. you get an advantage with, with right foot braking. So um, yeah, I've set my sim up at home, so I'm only, only right foot braking on the sim. Um, so I don't have any issues with the feeling of the brake pressure. It's just purely the rhythm of the heel toe that's obviously a bit new to me, but um, yeah, aside from all that, I think it's, yeah, I mean, I don't want to speak too soon because you just never know how the how the co-driver field is going to go with the new car. Like, no one really knows. We'll all just jump in and I don't know how I'll stack up compared to the other co-drivers. But, yeah, it could could suit my style really well or maybe it, maybe it won't. Like, we, we don't know that yet. So, looking forward to, to 
jumping in the car with all the other co-drivers and, and having a good crack. Of course, it's an exciting chance to win Bathurst, isn't it? I mean, it, it doesn't come much better in terms of giving you a shot at winning a Bathurst 1000. It doesn't get any better than this, does it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's pretty motivating, the prospect of sharing a car with Shane. So, yeah, it's just an incredible opportunity that I've been given. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to, to uh, doing San Island Bathurst with him and, and with the team. So, um, yeah, I mean, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. You know, it's, it's a tight field this year and, um, yeah, it's proving to be challenging for everyone. So, um, yeah, we definitely don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But, yeah, couldn't ask for much more in terms of a, a co-driver opportunity. And any chance of you... You know, getting to get some more time behind the wheel of, of a wild card somewhere before the Enduros? Uh, it's not likely before. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely be pushing to try and make that happen just to, to get an advantage before the Enduros. Mm. Uh, yeah, but would, hopefully... Would you, would you do that with Peter Addison, with, with, with yeah. Boost, if you're able to? Yeah, that's that's the, the only wild card option available. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it would be great to do them before Enduros. That would be a huge leg up mm -hmm. before the co-driver season. But if not before, we'll try to do one after at the Gold Coast. But, yeah, it's too early in the year to have anything firmed up. Oh, that's great. Very exciting. All right, Richie, great to see you back here. And, uh, of course, we'll all be looking forward to seeing you and Shane. Um, the pairing to beat in the Bathurst 1000, I suspect. Thank you. Thanks, folks, and thank you, Richie Stanaway. That's another episode of Parked Up in the Can. This weekend, we're heading down to Phillip Island for the next round of the Speed Series, where there's all the TCRs and the Trans Ams and the GTs. They're going to be there and uh, a whole bunch more. As long as the weather holds up, it should be a great weekend and uh, not too much after that. Uh, yeah, less than a week after that, we're going to head straight down to Simmons Plains for the next round of the Repco Supercars Championship. That's going to be cool. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing big crowds back on that hill down at uh, down in Tasmania in uh, the great town of Launceston, near Launceston, of course. Um, and uh, the, the first time that the Tassie fans get to see the new Gen 3 supercars. Uh, my name is Grant Rowley. Thanks for listening to Parked Up, and thank you very, very much. To our great sponsors, of course, Race Fuels and Bob Jane T-Marts, you guys will hear from folks on Monday. You've just listened to another Network Car production.